You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now, on to the show. This podcast is sponsored by the Fertility Roadmap, your guide to optimizing conception. The self-paced course teaches you everything you need to know to feel confident on your conception journey. Over six modules, you'll gain in-depth knowledge on hormones, how to track and confirm ovulation, when to take a pregnancy test, and strategic lifestyle shifts that are proven to enhance fertility. You'll also gain access to an exclusive community, monthly Q&As, and bonus downloads. Enroll today for just $59.97 at blissberrywellness.com. Welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I hope you're having a good Monday wherever you are at and had a really restful and just delightful weekend. Well, today I'm really excited to be sitting down with our guest. Dr. Waddles is an expert in all things fertility. She's a naturopathic physician, and truthfully, she's been one of my favorite Instagram followers for a long time. I just love all of the, the just the attention to detail that goes into each of her posts, just really so much passion about making sure that each post is educational, informative, and not overwhelming. Um, and so obviously I am thrilled to be sitting down with her today. So welcome. Thank you for taking the time to be on our show. Thank you so much for having me. It's just such a pleasure to chat with you. Well, I feel the same way. Um, it, it's almost like, you know, we were talking beforehand, you know, when you host a podcast, you get to sit down with all these people. And I feel like I'm getting to fangirl all the time because it's like, I have been following this person for a while and just eating up their knowledge. And for you, especially, I feel like it was such a bright spot when I came upon all of what you do. So thank you for, for the time and the energy and the effort that you put into just educating women about fertility and their bodies. It's so appreciated. Well, I appreciate that. It's always nice to hear that, you know, when you pour your heart out mm -hmm. into the world and what you believe is your meaning and purpose, that it's landing with someone that they're receiving the information that it's meaningful to them. So I'm grateful to hear that too. Well, you know, one thing that I would love to ask before we dive in today um, is you're a naturopathic physician. You went into this to help patients. How did you land in the world of fertility? Was this your goal all along to end up here or did somehow you just get funneled here along the way? Well, the passion emerged <laughs> based on my own personal experience. So okay. I was, I started my naturopathic medicine program and knew that I wanted to do women's health in some capacity, but didn't have the laser focus on fertility that I do now. So I was in my program two years into my four-year doctoral program. I got pregnant with my oh, first baby. Congratulations. And I know it's old news now, but <laughs> that's exciting. It was, she's almost nine now, but uh, I had my first daughter and it was such a transformational experience. I mean, she changed everything about my universe and I realized how bad I wanted that experience for anyone else who really longed to be a parent. I knew I had two years left in my training and I focused and dedicated the last two years of my, of my clinical education on really getting clear on how I could support fertility patients. So I kind of cold called my local fertility clinics and said, listen, I understand I am not a traditional gynecology student, but please, will you take me under your wing? Can I come rotate through the clinic? Can I go into the operating room with you and 
sit in your intakes and really figure out how I can support fertility patients with a functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, lifestyle medicine approach. And they let me. Three of my local fertility clinics said, yes, come on in, we'll take you in. So I rotated through all of these different procedures and seeing all kinds of different patients. And I saw how much of mm, the factors that really affect fertility outcomes are rooted in lifestyle medicine. We would see patients who were going through the IVF process. They had insulin resistance. They had iron deficiency, anemia. They had low vitamin D. These are things that I knew that I could help with. And maybe they would still need IVF, which is which is fine. I'm so grateful that that technology exists, but I knew that I could improve their outcomes. Maybe they wouldn't need as many rounds of IVF. Maybe Mm. they would respond more readily to medications. So it was this eye-opening moment for me. And then in my last year of my medical training, I had my second daughter. And again, it was this connection to my own journey through motherhood and knowing that I had all of these skills that could be of service to this population. I had to go for it. And the rest is history. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And what an incredible experience to be able to witness both sides of the spectrum. I feel like a lot of times, usually you've experienced one or the other, but to actually have been in those clinic rooms, seen those procedures and to just, wow, what an experience. It was truly incredible. I think that it was such uh, a pivotal point in my career to, to see how many fertility patients could really benefit from not only my care, but a really holistic approach in general. And so then when I started, I actually started interning at the Institute for Functional Medicine when I was still a student and learning this body systems or systems biology approach and realizing how much specificity I could add to a treatment protocol, how we could really make this about precision medicine in supporting every individual's journey to parenthood. So it really was such a beautiful blend of experiences. Mm, for sure. So I, I want to hover there for a minute because you. Pr- I think you just said something that's probably a new term for mm. people who are listening, um, but body systems, systems, biology, systems-based approach. Do you mind breaking that down for us for a minute? Because I really want to talk to you about that today in conjunction with fertility. I would love to. So in the functional medicine approach, we create what we call a a functional medicine matrix, which is really a map of all of our body systems. So this is a really great tool, or it's really a conceptual framework that I use when I'm approaching fertility patients, for patients in general, because we know that humans are complex, all humans are complex. So it allows us to capture some of those complexities in a way that we can use to generate a hierarchy of how we want to treat. So let Mm -hmm. me break that down for Mm -hmm. you. What I do is I combine my intake with a patient. So a very thorough history collection, looking at their lived experience from the time that they were in their mother's womb all the way to current day. So really capturing all of these key timeline events throughout their entire existence on the earth. We also are combining that with our physical examination, our laboratory assessments, what type of diagnoses and symptoms the patient has accumulated over their lifetime. And I'm plotting that out on essentially a map of their body system. So that's capturing things like assimilation, which is their digestion, their ability to take nutrients from food and take it into their body and use it as it's needed. We also are looking at what we call defense and repair. That's our body's Mm -hmm. immune system and our inflammatory mechanisms, our ability to quench inflammation. We're also looking at energy, which is essentially our um, mitochondrial function, how we create an energetic currency in our body to do important things like ovulation, fertilization, implantation, very fertility specific. 
um, we're looking at what we call biotransformation and elimination. So how do we engage with the outside world and kind of come into contact with environmental toxicants, make them less toxic and excrete them from our body? We're looking at our transport mechanisms. That's essentially our blood flow and our lymphatic system, kind of cardiovascular metabolic issues. Mm. Um, and then communication, which is our hormones and our neurotransmitters, which are very relevant to fertility. I tend to really kind of hover in that communication area. And then our structural integrity, which means the tiny structures like our cell membranes, which are so important to how we receive for example, hormonal signals from the brain when we're getting ready to ovulate. And then big structures like our skeleton, where our organs are in our body. So as you can see, we're really capturing all of these nuances of a human organism and understanding which areas are strong and which areas need a little bit more support. So how can we leverage the parts of the body that are working well to really give some tender loving care to those areas that need our attention? I really think it's, I really love when, when you break down that matrix, how you go all the way back to when you were in your mother's womb growing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't usually think about when we're thinking health, even if it's not fertility related, we think more, you know, acutely, we don't, we don't consider those factors to go all the way back to even before birth. So, so do you, so do you find that that in and of itself can reveal like hidden secrets to different health health situations and different things that are going on? Absolutely. So number one, it cultivates this awareness that I think many of us don't have. I mean, when was the last time any of us went to the doctor and they said, what was the environment like when you were in your mother's womb? Was your mother stressed? Did she have enough food? What were her living conditions? Was she a smoker? So I, I don't think anyone has ever asked me that in, a, in my doctor's office, yeah. you know, so I think when we start to ask those questions, all of a sudden there's this awareness of one's own health trajectory that they didn't have before. And that in and of itself, it's so powerful. But then we can really start to look at what was your mother's energy deficit, because we know that as we're cultivating this transgenerational health, which is why I believe so strongly mm -hmm. in a preconception wellness um, we start to see how our mother's environment can impact, for example, our risk for chronic disease, whether we have anxiety and depression as an adult, whether we have trouble focusing and learning. So really, our timeline starts quite early and capturing those details just helps us to really understand how we became who we are. And that's amazing. Mm, it is amazing. So for fertility, you know, generally when we think about fertility, we're kind of, we're, we're diving into that world. We just think ovaries and, and the womb and some hormones. Uh, how does this picture fit there? It's just seeing it, you know, I, I love what you just said. I think that that preconception window, that value of preparing, mm -hmm. you know, thinking transgenerationally is so vital, but how does that fit in when we're talking fertility? Yeah. Well, maybe I'll kind of relate this to the matrix and you can tell me if that mm -hmm. feels like a good path to follow. I think when we, when we think fertility, we have, we're kind of at risk to say, oh, this is an issue of the reproductive axis. So basically mm -hmm. the brain and the ovaries, maybe we're going to consider the uterus and the endometrial lining in there, but it's, we're, we're very focused in a couple different organs, but when we start to expand our vision and look at a body systems approach, I'll tie in, let's go to the gut, for example, right? Because there's so mm -hmm. many implications with how our gut impacts our fertility. So let's say someone has um, 
chronic pain, maybe they even just have menstrual cramping. So they're taking lots of ibuprofen and maybe some other medications. They're super stressed all the time. They're eating while they're on the go and they have what we call leaky gut or intestinal hyperpermeability. So these compounds that are normally in your gut and then they're excreted, they're actually um, able to, tr to travel across this kind of leaky gut barrier, enter systemic circulation where there's a whole inflammatory cascade that's initiated. And we see that that inflammation can travel to the ovaries where it can actually cause inflammation within the ovarian tissue and can uh, inhibit ovulation at times, or it can really just inflame the tissue to such an extent that we don't see a robust progesterone production from hmm. our ovarian tissue. So now it's, you know, anovulation or low progesterone, which we would file under a hormonal concern. But the root of that is really in the gut and even further in kind of some of these modifiable lifestyle factors about how we eat and when we eat and what we're eating. So I think um, it's just so important that we start to look beyond just the reproductive organs to figure out how we can really cultivate that abundant health because of the way that it also prevents risk for chronic disease, for um, diseases that could affect our offspring. So it's kind of looping together the matrix model and this concept of transgenerational wellness. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's pieces like that, that once they're explained, you know, thinking through the gut. We've interviewed a, a natural or excuse me, medical doctor and a PA a while ago on gut health and fertility. And it's just that as the example, it's just like listening to that, listening to you explain that it's like, this is like, you, you almost have to take a mindset shift from thinking that we just have to kind of modify our hormones to, well, maybe we need to look elsewhere. And so you were using the, you use the term body systems. And so I feel like you just broke, you brought in two different body systems, like our gastrointestinal yes. tract, and then that's impacting our ovaries, which is impacting our ability to conceive. Hey friends, if you're looking for a way to gently support your body, your hormones, and just your overall well-being, then it's time to check out Agni. Agni's fertility line includes teas, seasoning mixes, and even cookies, all designed to help you feel your best and have better regulated hormones. You can head over to agniforall.com, check out the entire fertility line. It includes products for him and her. Use the code blissberrywellness at checkout to save. Um, do you find that there are other body systems like that, that where one will be out of balance and that's going to impact the other reproductive capabilities? Yes, there are so many examples. So I think that there's a few that we see pretty commonly in the primary care setting. I'll give thyroid antibodies as a really common example that we see. Um, sometimes we'll see patients who, if you just look at a TSH, uh, um, which is kind of just the, a very, very general marker of thyroid health, that might look normal. Um, it's thyroid stimulating hormone. It's kind of what tells our thyroid gland from the brain, hey, we need to make thyroid hormone. And then in response to thyroid stimulating hormone, our thyroid gland will make T4 and T3, which are kind of our active thyroid hormones. And those might even look normal. Mm -hmm. So if we just do a screening, a TSH, a free T3, a free T4, we might say, okay, thyroid is looking good. No problems here. And we know that thyroid is really important for our mm -hmm. fertility, which we can talk all about if we wanted to. <laughs> but thyroid antibodies are a lesser 
um, less readily screened marker. And we know that in the presence of thyroid antibodies, we can kind of create this somewhat toxic or hostile environment for embryo development. Mm. Uh, and so we see even in a normal uh, setting of normal thyroid hormone, when there's elevated antibodies, we have increased risk for things like preeclampsia, um, preterm birth, even early miscarriage. And so this is something I am thinking about all the time, even though the thyroid gland is separate from our reproductive organs, it's very important that we take a look inside both of those systems. Uh, I think another one that I think about all the time is, is iron. I kind of mentioned iron mm, a few yeah. weeks ago, but suboptimal iron, not even talking frank iron deficiency anemia, but just suboptimal iron status can be problematic for fertility because of the way that iron is designed to carry oxygen throughout our body to our tissues, including our reproductive organs. So when we have low iron um, in the research, we see a ferritin below 40 mm. is where we're kind of drawing the line. Um, but we see things like uh, ovarian atrophy. So the tissue of the ovaries is kind of wasting away because it doesn't have the oxygen delivery to keep that tissue healthy. And so sometimes we're filing these things under like nutritional insufficiencies, but we see that there's a big role to play within the reproductive system ah, as well. It seems so, like kind of a big deal. <laughs> very big deal. Yeah. And we can say the same about chronic inflammation, oxidative stress, insulin resistance. There are so many kind of biomarkers from other body systems that we'll see play a huge role in our fertility outcomes, our live birth rates. So it's really from what you're saying, it's not simply just looking at one or two factors, but it seems like this whole picture is really critical when it comes to improving fertility outcomes, reducing pregnancy complications, and really setting our children up for the best long-term outcomes. Yes, absolutely. And as I'm making this case, really what this is all for is building this case for a really thorough preconception wellness plan mm -hmm. is saying, if we're looking at hormones metabolic markers, our thyroid function, inflammatory markers, markers of infection. Uh, if we're really doing this thorough workup ahead of time, let's say four, six, 12 months before someone starts to get pregnant, not only are we really putting them in a place to have a healthy pregnancy, to have a healthy baby, we're really helping them to cultivate abundant health that mm -hmm. translates into reduced risk for chronic disease later mm -hmm. in life. So we're also screening for some of the things that you know, maybe 10 or 20 years from now will show up as diabetes, as Alzheimer's disease, osteoporosis, even increasing our cancer risk. So the work that we're doing now is so important for that baby that we're really hoping for, but it's also giving us the freedom to enjoy that family that we've worked so hard for. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, I think anytime that months like that are thrown out, you know, up to a year, there's always this like <gasps> factor, you yeah. know, it's like, no, no, I, I can't spend that time. But, you know, a lot of the things you mentioned are not overnight fixes. And I think that's so important to remember anytime we're, we're really stepping into this space where we're talking about, you know, correcting underlying imbalances and healing um, is that it does take time, but, but the benefits are just excellent. They're, they're beyond a lot of times what we're just thinking of, you know, obviously baby is the benefit that we want, but there are so many other pieces that I think just come along with that feeling better, feeling your best, you know, functioning at a higher level that maybe we don't take into consideration beforehand. Absolutely. I mean, time is currency, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have to really spend it wisely. And 
when we do a thorough preconception plan, it's an investment in ourselves, in our baby, in the future. And we, we can always make a choice about how we can invest. So that's why we have these conversations and why you'll see on my social media all the time I'm saying, please start before you're ready. Start now. Mm-hmm. If yes. you want a baby in a year, two years, five years, let's start now. Mm. So I think the question that I have to follow up that great conversation is, you know, in our community, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of women, we primarily have women in our community and they are um, many of them on their second or maybe even third journey. And so what you described do you see that once you have set that time, you have worked on the, those those different things, you've worked through that preconception plan once, when you return to have another another child down the road, do you find that it's easier? Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to give the impression that everything is a miracle right, and every right. treatment plan mm-hmm. works perfectly every time. But what we're talking about when we're modifying our lifestyle factors, when we're getting in touch with our body systems and really optimizing all of them is really sustainable behavior change that mm, yeah. is our health trajectory. So not only are we kind of improving how our body systems are functioning, but we're learning the skills to maintain that. And then we're teaching those skills to our family and to our mm, children. So yes, I absolutely see that our, our whole timeline can shift when we start really doing this deep work and it's hard and it's a time commitment and you really have to go all in at times, but it can make a huge difference. And I have seen patients who, you know, they've been told you're kind of at the end of what medicine can offer you. We're at a donor egg situation and that's just what it is. And we're willing to take a step back and take a few months, maybe six months, maybe even longer sometimes to really optimize all of these body systems. And I have seen miraculous outcomes. Mm, That's amazing. And really, really encouraging. I I feel like the recurring story that I hear a lot of times is like, well, we've done this and there's, we have one more step that we can take, but, um, but oftentimes there's just so many of these other things, these other modifiable factors that just haven't been touched. And, and I like what you said at the beginning, when we started, we try to reiterate this often um, because there are those cases that do eventually need to be referred back, but, you know, improving these, all of these markers, all of these lifestyle habits, learning, making the shifts, it's going to help for a better outcome, regardless, regardless of what path is chosen. Oh, absolutely. Even if we end up doing, you know, going through the IVF process, doing an embryo transfer, if we can kind of cultivate this environment that is Mm -hmm. more readily accepting of that embryo, that's a win. That Mm -hmm. is a win either way. So yes, no matter what your fertility journey looks like, I really strongly believe that a functional medicine, a body systems approach is going to be helpful, really, however that road ends up for you. Mm, Yeah, I love that. And that's, it's just that hope that that encouraging reminder that there are options out there. If you have not exhausted everything in this area, functional medicine, I promise you there are more options. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you for saying that. I just will kind of agree and add, we hear patients all the time who come and they say, I've done every test. I've seen Mm -hmm. every specialist. I've done everything. I've changed every behavior, but then we get in And, you know, I'm giving them a toxin exposure questionnaire and we're looking at their, you know, salivary cortisol and how their mitochondria are functioning. No one's looked at that before. In Mm, most cases, no one has kind of maintained that curiosity to keep looking and keep turning those stones over. And so then when someone asks the questions, it's so refreshing 
that that someone is just willing to take the deep dive. And so I think that that is the message of hope for me is just this willingness to stay curious. Mm, absolutely. So if somebody is listening, they're just, you know, ready for more, they want to know where to connect with you. They want to know how they can learn from you. What is the next step? Yes, absolutely. So you can head to my website, which is www.drkaliawaddles.com and hear all about my fertility programs, one-to-one offerings and group classes. And then of course, I am an Instagram lover. So head to Instagram <laughs> at functional fertility, where I post fertility related content all the time. And we will put both of those links in the show notes to make it really easy. You can just scroll down wherever you're listening. Um, definitely check out her website, but also head over to Instagram because so much yes. good content, so much. <laughs> well, Dr. Waddles, thank you for taking the time to just chat with us, um, open our eyes to a little bit of a different approach to fertility. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Well, friends, that wraps up today's episode of the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to the show. And also, if you've appreciated this episode, leave a review. With that, we'll be back soon with another episode. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode.